Welcome to That Tree Lady Podcast, Episode 2, Your Tree Type and Fatherhood, When the Apple Falls Far from the Father Tree. Hi, I am Hattie Brits, the Tree Lady, and I'm so glad that you can join me for Episode 2 of That Tree Lady Podcast. And with June being Father's Day month, I thought it suitable to talk about fathers and their sons and daughters who don't share their temperament. And that's the topic of today's episode, which unfortunately I will have to fly solo in because my son has been called back to his place of work after the COVID-19 season. He works at a wedding venue and they are, of course, doing weddings morning, noon and night to catch up on all the postponed nuptials that were supposed to take place in the late spring and early summer here in Tennessee. And our area is such a beautiful place to have weddings. So, Pierre, you will be sorely missed today by everyone. But I'm going to make you a part of this program by starting it out with a little story I told earlier regarding you and your dad. This may ring a bell that's about 10 years old. I will always remember such a pivotal moment of realization that my husband and my son do share DNA, but definitely not temperament characteristics. When Piru was about nine years old, he came running down the stairs to dinner and he plopped down in his chair at the kitchen table and he said, Oh, Dad, can I tell you about my favorite chemical? And <laughs> Louis rolled his eyes and looked at me and it was that look of, This must be you because it's definitely not me. And, you know, if you're a musician and a lawyer um, in combination, my husband is 50-50. Well, actually, I should say 20% lawyer, 80% musician, then you do not understand the concept of a favorite chemical. It's never happened to you and you have nothing to relate this to. Now, they have since discovered all sorts of things they have in common, but temperament wise, they've always been and still are. I want to use a strong word like incompatible, but that sounds a little too hopeless. Let's just say. It's a work in progress to get on the same page, even in simple conversations. Now, Piero, I think you will agree that that is still true to a large extent. I, I thought it a good idea to start with palm tree that Louis has a lot of, and then unpack today's conversation in this format, saying, let's f say, for example, you are a palm tree, but you are not raising a palm. Because raising a palm tree as a palm comes naturally for you. It's all fun and, and games till the boxwood mom says it's dinner time, right? <laughs> and so that's easy for you. But what about raising those kids that are not like you at all? And what are the positives in those seemingly uh, incompatible temperament clashes? And what are the things to watch out for? And so I'm going to unpack the palm tree and all their different saplings that fall far from the tree and then also for the other four trees and your, your strange kids who didn't get all of your DNA. So I do have a favorite chemical. Um, so there is more compatibility between my son and myself. <laughs> But this is about you, Dad. So let's talk about the palm tree, Dad. Raising a rose bush child. Now, just for those who are not too familiar with the trees yet, a little bit of a recap, who's who in the zoo. And I'm going to put these definitions in parenting terms. So a 
palm tree parent is the fun-loving parent who encourages the dreams, who affirms, who sees the best in their children, who provide the fun atmosphere in the home, who breaks up whatever is too serious, <laughs> read, who interrupts all disciplinary goals of the boxwoods. But that's a conversation for the, for another day. But palm trees, dads, you, you have to own this. You are the ones who lighten up the atmosphere at home, who don't expect your kids to be grown up before they really are grown up and so forth. And just by the way, if you ever want to see these strings you have as a father, black on white, then consider completing a tall tree's parent profile because there you will see this very clearly and also the areas in which you may struggle with communication, some of what I will be touching on today, and also the areas in which you can grow as a father, but mostly where your strengths are. What are those parenting tasks that really suit you well? And then the rosebush child who will come up first for discussion is a very driven child who arrives in this world thinking, I am the boss, can you not read? Because this, I thought, was written on my forehead that I should make all of my decisions myself. And we're talking about a four-month-old baby who's trying to dictate how mom is supposed to breastfeed it. So really, really strong-willed kids. And you can probably already guess what it's like when you are a palm tree parent, affectionate, hands-on, uh, playful. And now you are trying to raise this little kid who thinks he's already more grown up than you. So today's tips will speak into that. You are likely wanting to make a lot of physical contact, eye contact, you want to be close to you, to your child, but this doesn't work very well for a rose bush. Roses are just not that touchy-feely, and you will have to time your fun-loving, easygoing nature to go inside with times when they're not working. And yes, a two-year-old rose bush can be on the job. They can be working. So when they have this serious, driven face on, that's a sign for you to back off with any dad jokes or any silliness and wait for a better time to be really awesome and fun. Your temperament may also be inclined to talk too quickly. So take your time to think about your decisions because the rose bush will hold you to them and you don't want to make empty promises and you don't want to say yes before you've thought about it either because they will not let you change your yes into a no um, without punishing you. So weigh those words and time the fun really well. So what if you are raising an even more serious tree called the boxwood? Now, I have seen, you know, situations where Peter and I will be in a typical boxwood conversation. Now, you heard some of that in episode one where we get really serious about the psychology and we, the philosophy and the meaning of life. <laughs> Those conversations are not a palm tree's favorite. So if you have one of these serious kids and you're a palm tree parent, what do you do? Well, your biggest challenge is likely going to, de to be dealing with the boxwood's negative emotions. And just as a side note, even though I wrote the phrase negative emotions in my book, I, I want to retract it and say uncomfortable emotions because I'm learning that there really isn't such a thing as a negative emotion because an emotion is just a feeling and we don't need to judge them as either good or bad, negative or positive. We could just say some of them are a little uncomfortable. So let's call them uncomfortable. Things like sadness would be very uncomfortable for you, especially if you're a palm. Despondency, pessimism, disappointment, and so on. You may need to really dig deep to be able to sit in that emotional space with a boxwood. But here is the 
here is the news. Unless you can sit in that uncomfortable relationship with your box or emotion with your boxwood, it's unlikely you will have a really meaningful relationship. That means learn to listen to what is said and learn to paraphrase. So if you can have a conversation with the, with a boxwood to which you can respond, wow, this really is important to you and wow, this really stirs up feelings in you, you will get a thousand points for the first response and another thousand for the second with your boxwood. Practice those two sentences. Wow, I can see this is really important to you and wow, this really stirs up a lot of feelings in your heart. Those two phrases are magic. It means you don't need to have a solution. You don't need to make your boxwood feel better, but you do need to embrace what it is they are feeling. This is a quote you may like. It's by Garrison Kaler and it says, Humor is not a trick, not jokes. Humor is a presence in the world, like grace, and it shines on everybody. So even though you may think your palm tree nature always needs to make a joke, don't underestimate the value just of your sense of humor because it does shine even on this kid who seems to like to sit in the shadow and feel sorry for himself. And just your presence that is really bright and joyful is a great gift to your child. But do not step into that trap to always want to cheer up. They don't really want to be cheered up, but they love just being understood. What may also be a challenge with your boxwood is how they want to plan ahead and know what's happening next when you're so spontaneous. If you can think of one predictable thing that will happen in every day that you can give your boxwood fair warning of, you will already be a great dad to this kid. So that's a little practical nugget for you to think about. What if you are raising a pine tree? Now remember those are the quiet, content, cool and calm kids. And uh, wow, slow compared to you. And that may be your biggest frustration is you ask a quick question and then silence. Now, we have agreed, because I'm a quick talker and my husband is a silent thinker, that I'm allowed to say, honey, are you thinking or idling? And and you may borrow my phrase if you need it. So if you have one of those pine trees who seem to be a little non-responsive, you are allowed to use my phrase and go, sweetie, are you thinking or, or are you idling? Because they do, they do tend to sometimes idle. But here's a tip for you. When your pine tree talks and moves so slowly, let that repace you too. See if you can stand still, even sit down. Maybe breathe out a little bit, relax your shoulders, even lean back a little instead of forward, which is your favorite position. And then maybe t- shave off about 10 dB before you talk. That'll go a long way for you palm tree dad to connect with your pine tree sapling. Too much drama and over-emotional communication is very difficult for a pine tree to process. So check the the volume and uh, see if you can steer away from raising their anxiety. Your pine tree teenagers will not appreciate it if you try to steal the spotlight when their friends come to visit. So keep a low profile when your pine trees are not so good at the teenage thing and not so great at the winning friends and influencing people game as you are. Just give them space. Um, Super important to allow them to be 
the most important person in the room, even though that position for you is very easy to hijack. Now, maybe you go, oh, yeah, that's not me at all. I'm not the fun dad. I am more serious. Now, my husband calls me because I have a lot of this rose that we're going to discuss next. He he once told me, honey, a little more Florence Nightingale and a little less Hitler. But if you are (laughs) the rosebush parent, then it's easy for you to just step into the disciplinary role, step into the correction role, step into the the role of the one needing to push the kids to be the best that they can possibly be. And if this is you, I really want to encourage you to go and listen to the conversation Will Smith and Jada had about fatherhood. Brilliant conversation. His dad, clearly a rosebush. A lot of insights there for somebody a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more emotional, raised by somebody who did not leave space for emotion and personality type. A wonderful insight. I just listened to it earlier today and it's really worthwhile. So I'm going to start with if you are this driven rosebush and you are raising a pine tree. Remember that a pine tree doesn't attach much value to competition. So your games that you always want to play, the wrestling, the the arm wrestling and some of the other racing games, etc., Typical father-son bonding will probably not work with this kid. Less pressure, slower pace are the kind of things that really resonate with this child. Because if you're always in a hurry or disappointed that your child is not tough enough and man enough, a pine tree will feel acutely unloved, unsafe and unhappy. This is hard. This is not something earlier generations really left any space for or understood. And so your your call to make your, your son a man and a tough one at that, um, the cowboys don't cry narrative, is really not going to work with this child and create a kind of rift that is hard to bridge, especially with a pine. Your temperament is so task-oriented that it may also be difficult for you to just be with a pine tree, like just sit. Does that make you break out in a sweat, the thought of just sitting? It, it does me. I admit that. But that is a wonderful skill to practice having with your pine. And, and that's my challenge to you if you're a rosebush, to go and just sit next to your pine without saying anything, announcing the next thing, correcting something, giving a command, absolutely nothing. Just go sit and then wait and don't say a word. And if it feels very awkward, just remember that in their orchard, it feels wonderfully warm and safe and ah, quiet. And let that gift to them be something they will remember and wait for them to make the first move or the first sound. It'll bring a whole new dimension to your relationship with this kid. And please do apologize when you were wrong. As rose bushes, uh, there's a tendency of just, you know, move on to the next thing. The past will take care of itself. But with pine trees, it doesn't. You have to go back to that. Deal with it. Get it out from under the rug where both of you like to put stuff. And pull it out there bravely. Take the full blame if it belongs to you. A super important thing with your pine. And if you haven't found 
a way to appropriately let off steam outside of your house, rosebush parent, um, your pine tree will probably suffer most because they trigger all of your pain points by not being as responsive as you'd like, by not being as fast, by not being as driven, by not being as task-oriented. And they really don't deserve it and they wilt under it more than anybody else. But what if you're raising a high-energy palm tree happy-go-lucky kid? Well, this is the child that does doesn't want to grow up and this can be quite annoying if you're a rose because your one outstanding gift is to encourage maturity in others you may have a lot of others but that's one that I really see as a standout in rosebush parents you look for signs of growth you nurture those you encourage those you reward those but what if all you see is signs of the child and the palm tree child that doesn't really want to grow up it's really hard not to shut down their party and not to, you know, cheer when they can burp in three syllables like Shrek, which was one of the things my palm tree child bragged about once. It's hard to take that as a talent and be excited about it, isn't it? But that is a gift we need to find in ourselves and nurture to be able to celebrate with this kid. They have such a need for attention that one way to motivate yourself to spend time with this child and give attention to this child who can be so immature and so childish is to remind yourself that if you don't it gets a whole lot worse that if you cannot celebrate them for who they are now the class clown type category of behavior actually comes to the forefront even more your palm tree child will stay a child at the core of her being for as long for a long time and you may have too little inner child left to really appreciate it so maybe every now and again surrender yourself to your palm tree and say you choose what we play and then no matter what it is go with it because it's at that point of play that you are going to forge a real bond with this child rosebush parents your other taste in life seems like everybody's a taste if you're a rosebush <laughs> everybody who's not like you well the boxwood the serious sensitive thin-skinned emotional boxwood this little boxwood needs a private space where you can't just barge in and as a rosebush you may not be so used to standing outside a closed door and asking permission to enter but let that be a metaphor for your relationship with this child. You need permission to enter. You need permission to give an opinion. You need permission to apply pressure. You need permission to give advice. But here is something you do already have that your boxwood will appreciate tremendously. And this is your ability to give straight answers and clear instructions. They love those guidelines, the certainty, the security you give by standing and falling by the rules you make and by being true to your word, which you are very likely to be. Boxwoods can be guilt magnets. So when you have to correct, just try and keep it on the other end of blame. Try and make it a statement of trust. I know you can do better than this because you are hardworking. Goes a lot further than I can't believe you did such sloppy work. Mind the words because they come out sharp out of you as a rose and they go in deep into the sensitive flesh of the boxwood so easily. 
Finally, uh, the boxwood parent who has been taking notes all along, it's your turn now. Boxwood tree fathers, um, wow, I appreciate you. The reason I appreciate you is because you probably did not have your boxwood needs met when you were raised. If you were raised by an Afrikaans family or an American family in the South, um, the two cultures that I've come to know. Because in these cultures, emotions were not something dads dealt with. And definitely not very much with their sons. But this may have been one of your core needs. As I listened to this interview with Will Smith, I thought to myself, oh, there is some box with there. There is a, a deeply sensitive and intuitive boy there who needed not just his dad's guidance and teaching and discipline and drive, but also his dad's gentleness. He calls himself a gentle child in this interview, and I can I can feel the boxwood, and I see the boxwood tears, and it breaks my heart, because I, I saw it once before at a workshop when a dad came to my table during the break, and he said, I think I've destroyed my boxwood child already. I am a rose. Is there anything we can still do? And of course, yes, there always is a way to start over, and it starts with saying, my son, I have not met your core needs. Please do give me a second chance. And um, now speaking to the boxwoods, you probably are not going to mess up in this area. You probably are going to see emotions, value them, handle them as carefully as the precious things that they are, because they are connectors. They are heart connectors. They are also connectors of your heart to your head, because you as a boxwood will know if your heart is in turmoil your head doesn't function very well does it so box with three dads you have the ability to connect with what your children are feeling and what a great gift it is if you practice that skill with them so what if you are raising your opposite a positive palm tree who does not like rules and structure and routine and instructions who keeps reminding you today is not a school day dad um when you just want to teach them something interesting. A lot of pushback if you are a natural teacher, uh, like boxwoods inevitably are, and you are raising palm trees who who are natural players. Well, you two do see the world very differently. You are serious about most things, and the palm tree is serious about almost nothing. And you'll uh, have a hard time packing away some of your negative impressions and your tendency to be slightly critical in order to make space for this beautifully colorful palm tree you are raising. And the question you can ask yourself as often as you as you are willing to be a little self-reflective is, does this really matter? Identify a few deal breakers that, that really do impact on your relationship with your palm tree and be strict about those. But don't let it be things like the way they roll their socks or the way they chew their food or the way they sit on a chair. Let it be bigger things, things with eternal value. Let it be character issues that you don't want to let slip because you are a character spotter. You are somebody who can see into the attitude behind actions And if those bother you, by all means, correct those. But let's leave the way they style their hair and (laughs) and inconsequential things like that. 
let's leave that to the side because we can very easily discourage a palm tree who who can probably manage to mess up at least 20 things an hour when they're young, according to your Boxwood textbook of The Perfect Child. So some leniency here will go a really long way. Also allow for your palm tree's inventiveness. Remember that you color inside the lines and they make up their own drawings, figuratively speaking. Maybe also consider how quickly children grow up and do not wish away your palm tree's childhood just because you want to see maturity and responsibility in them. And remember that the palm tree keeps you young at heart too, so let them do that. Same advice I gave the rose bush. Every now and again, surrender to whatever their idea of fun is and, oh, grit your teeth and bear it, but do allow them to teach you how to play. Your favorite parenting quote is probably this one by Dennis Waitley in Raising Confident Kids where he says, the greatest gift you can give your children are the roots of responsibility and the wings of independence. <laughs> because that's really what we as Boxwoods try and achieve is teach them, you know, to do things right and then they can finally do it by themselves. You're going to do this in your sleep. So don't fret about that. The part that may not come in your sleep is this part where you can celebrate their uniqueness and make space for them to be a lot more colorful than you and I are. What if you're raising a rosebush sapling? Well, then you are bleeding because you are trying to keep the rules in place. You like the boundaries and they will test them in the morning, in the afternoon and in the evening, then at your house, at grandma's house. And then when you're sick and when you're health, healthy and then during COVID and after COVID and <laughs> beyond COVID, because they are looking for the exception when you will not stand your ground and be consistent um, and this testing hurts us when we're boxwood trees we feel rejected we feel untrusted we feel not valued as parents but the key for you is to not take what the rose bush does personally so important don't dig don't I want to say don't be over their shoulder or in their face because those two positions are really really dangerous for you because their rose thorns can absolutely reach your jugular from that position you want to keep physically a safe distance low-key matter-of-fact unemotional unconfrontational and absolutely do not take the bait when they try to bait you so distance yourself from the emotionality of their hurtful behavior when they tell you things like i don't need you as a dad anymore i wish i you know, could go live with mom if you're a single dad. Or maybe, oh, I wish you were more like Danny's dad. The the very painful comparison thing, which, by the way, we as Boxwoods are already really good at torturing ourselves with. So they see how we do that and they often pick up that weapon the moment we put it down and they hold it to our throats, don't they? So whenever they do this, Please remember that this is just their way of exerting autonomy, trying to put a boundary between you and them. Stay back, even if you have to do it physically, to remind yourself that you are not in a fight here, that nobody needs to win, and reaffirm the principle that you believe in calmly and rationally. Tell yourself, I did the right thing. I don't need to feel bad about the rule that I make that I made. It was rational, it was thoughtful. It makes sense to me and I'm not going to allow this puff of smoke that my child is blowing in the form of a tantrum or an accusation or, you know, a stab to my jugular. I'm not, I don't need to respond to that. 
their emotions are not my responsibility to fix or to respond to. And then lastly, with these rosebush kids, if even though you can see every mistake, it's probably safer not to point all of them. But again, to focus on those things that pertain to character, character and your moral rules, the things that are really deal breakers for you. At this point, I want to interject a Bible story that has um, all the elements of high drama, manipulation, murder, rape, lying, destruction of property. It's, it's really quite intense. But the subtext of the story is a box palm father, King David, the artist type, intense, emotional, sensitive, and a palm rose son with a very strong rose rebellion um, component that has not been pruned as it should have been because the father was not assertive enough and the father was intimidated by the strong personalities of his sons. And we see this when the drama starts with Amnon, the oldest son, raping his half-sister just because he was used to getting what he wanted. And this ability to get what you want is a theme in those chapters. The words were even said you know, by Tamar, who was the victim, said, why did you do this horrible thing? You know that if you asked David, our father, he would have given me to you. So here is a rape victim saying, you could have gotten anything you want just by asking. Now, this is an indictment against King David because what he, what he wanted was wrong. What he wanted was immoral. And yet here was somebody who would do something immoral, apparently because he was intimidated and he wanted to keep the peace. And I, now before you shoot me, just go read those chapters carefully. Because what we see here then is, a, is another failure on David's side when this horrible act is committed. And as, for, as the king of the nation, he was also judge of the people. And part of his responsibility was to make sure that God's law was implemented and executed, which literally would have led to the execution of his oldest son. And then it said, but David was unable to do anything because he loved this oldest son of his too much. So he let his heart dictate his behavior as a father. Now, in the wings, if you will, is Absalom, who is ready to step into a power vacuum that he clearly perceives here, who is ready to take over the throne because he just lost respect for his dad. But what he does is he decides that he will kill his brother. He will do what his dad was really supposed to do in a legal way. He will just do it in a vigilante fashion. But he wants his father to witness this. And there's something about this cruelty of, I want him to be there to see me kill his oldest son. There's something there for us when we are not strong enough to stand our ground in raising a rose bush. There is a warning there that the contempt that will take root in their hearts could ultimately destroy us. Because when he does this, there, there is now a rape and a murder that are undealt with by this king. And there follows a period of 
manipulation back and forth, lots of tantrums, actually. Um, I don't want to see you because of what you've done, but I don't want to talk to you either. Okay, you can come back. No, I don't want to, still don't want to talk to you. This is happening between this dad who can't act, who can't step up and apply the law, who can't hold the boundary because he has such a heart, he has such empathy, and he is so hurt, and he's a little bitter too. And through all of these emotions, there is just this rosebush son who grows increasingly resentful, bitter, and rebellious against his father. And then there's a scene that, if I recall correctly, in Sunday school was dished up as a beautiful moment of reconciliation when Absalom finally comes to his father, bows before him, and kisses his foot. But then the second he walks out of that palace, he starts planning and putting into motion his coup. (laughs) And it is because he gave his dad an opportunity to finally man up and say, hey, my son, what you did was wrong. I've consequences for you, which I firmly believe would have restored the relationship. Instead, just silence. Instead, just no action. And the result is this absolute mutiny by his own son that broke this father's heart and that led to his son's death. I know it's a super heavy story, but you boxwoods can handle it with me. (laughs) I know you can. The bottom line for us here is that Absalom needed a father of action, even if it was a really, really hard action. But had he taken action that time when the rape happened, two more deaths would have been prevented. And at the moment of discipline and at the moment where a very hard consequence needs to be doled out by us as parents, we need to remember the story so that we can have the guts to say you're not going to the prom or um, the fortitude to hold back car keys or the stomach to to take away the phone yet again for a month and those hard, hard things where we get so much aggression back from our roses as punishment and revenge. Um, Let's remember the story and how much it may be worth it. Of course, I'm hoping you are, as a boxwood, raising a child who is a slightly smaller challenge than this. You may have a really good time raising a pine tree sapling. So you don't need a lot of advice because you understand their introverted nature. You don't like trouble and neither do they. And so they, their only point where they may push your buttons is where they are so unhurried and unmotivated. And you may feel like you give this never-ending string of instructions morning, noon, and night, and there's very little that comes back. So it's that non-responsive thing that you sometimes have with a pine tree that may be a little hard. Just be patient because they do want to please you. It just takes them a, a little bit more time. They are laid back and they are they tend to be late bloomers. So do not get anxious when you compare them to other kids and they have not responded to parenting like their siblings or their peers. Everything takes a little longer. They will do it when they're good and ready and they will make you proud just hanging there. Something we as boxwoods tend to do that's unfortunately also a no-go with the pine trees is we love revisiting past mistakes. Now, I have a pine tree brother 
incredible man. He's actually, in my opinion, a contra rose, possibly. He's my oldest brother. You feel like you're the most important person in the world and he's never been happier than right now with you in front of him. He's got that warmth and that beautiful smile that wrinkles his eyes. So you feel like a palm tree when he greets you. He works like a boxwood. Incredibly committed, super prepared, very accurate. He's a professor in civil engineering and um, you do want boxwood in that position is um, brilliant so you have the palm component you have the boxwood component and then also the pine just this incredible patience the ability to calmly connect the grace that allows people to really use a lot of his resources a lot of his time he's a giver in that regard and and an un selfish man and cares deeply about his children very aware of how each of them are and what they're doing and incredibly humble has a long line of achievements but he can name all your all of your achievements but um never talks about his own so you get this picture of this predominantly fine just a super relational very graceful man so you think about somebody like that and you think he probably can never lose his temper but I saw a box would trigger him into the kind of anger where I thought he was going to break something and the commandment that this box would broke is the commandment thou shalt not drag me back into the past now that is the thing that the only thing that set him off is digging in the past what went wrong what which should we have done differently let's never do that again if we as boxwood could learn that that is not a helpful strategy for most people many of our relationships would celebrate so our rule for a boxwood raising a pine tree is be forward looking you don't need to mention it you both know it already Maybe you can mention its name. Hey, yesterday's disagreement. Let's decide together that in the future we are going to be doing B. Since A really didn't work. That is much more helpful than going into a full-on post-mortem. Maybe make a note of that. No post-mortems, only, hey, let's do this next time. Wow, and we still have the pine trees left but we definitely need a little bit of a brain break. So I'm going to ask you, when you listen to this podcast, to head over to the Hetty Brits author speaker page that is on Facebook and to look for episode two, that tree lady podcast, to look for that little ad there and ask any parent and child question there that you would like us to discuss on a future podcast specifically regarding the temperament clash, communication differences, uh, the misunderstandings that occur when we are not the same. And you can even do that right after listening to this podcast. And I'll be keeping an eye on that specific post and I'll be revisiting it. And of course, Facebook will notify me when you post a question. And let's start a little bit of a discussion there on this really important topic. Pine tree parents, your saplings can really be your opposites in ways that are hugely uncomfortable. What if you are raising a high energy palm tree and you're just tired looking at them? 
if you have such a palm tree, you may need to plan creative and surprising fun times for them. Otherwise, your relationship will be your palm tree. Um, trying to get some sparkle into your life in ways that really don't work for you. So take the initiative here in planning fun and getting all the necessary together ahead of time so that you have the capacity to play. Palm trees sometimes use their pine tree parents' kind-heartedness to manipulate you and get out of unpleasant consequences. And this is the other little warning for you. Pine tree, I know that you love peace above everything but you know what if you have not raised your child to adulthood and you have not corrected some of the deeply seated character flaws that can develop when a palm tree is never challenged or pruned then there will be no peace and so a little bit of war in the early years guarantees peace later on so try and pick those battles that matter and have them even if you have to go lie down afterwards, but please do have them. And do not let your palm tree manipulate you with melodrama to not have those wars. If you give in just to stop the tears, then one day there will be a much bigger show and it'll always be increasing drama. Pine trees like you typically don't want your children to experience any pain. So um, you often feel compelled to defend them, to help them to be at their side, you kind of rescue them from consequences. Be careful not to overprotect your palm tree as a pine tree. Um, palm tree children will need your full attention for at least a few minutes every single day, and pushing that off will only encourage wild risk taking behaviors or completely out of the box behavior. So if you want to avoid even more radical attention-seeking devices, give attention now, along with a lot of physical contact. And remember, these children want to be not just seen, but celebrated. You may not be super animated and super touchy-feely and extroverted so that you can really put up the whole parade to celebrate them. But think of a way that you could do that still. Now, if you're a pine tree raising a rose bush, there is even more challenge to your peacemaking um, abilities. And I think you may love this scripture in 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 to 25. It says, God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and a turning to the truth. Now, I suspect this is the way you hope to and try to raise your rosebush, gently listening, keeping your cool, working firmly but patiently, and um, waiting for the change of heart and the turning to the truth. Now, it may be possible to do that a lot of the time, but there are also going to be times and Remember, this scripture is not specifically given to dads, but there are principles for all of us raising others to maturity. But there are going to be times when you have to stand your ground. Because if you try to avoid, avoid all conflict with your rosebush, you will get nowhere with your parenting. Your initial response may be to withdraw from this angry, intense or noisy child, but that could jeopardize your chance at a great relationship. Stay close to this child despite the occasional thorn prick because this rose will eventually yield when your authority gives him that role model with integrity that he wants to look up to.
Now that brings us to the last combination of tree and apple falling far from the tree. What if the pine parent is raising a boxwood child? Boxwoods are super serious about fairness and justice, rules and regulations, while a pine tree dad like you may be comfortable with a few exceptions for the sake of peace. This does not go down well with the boxwood. Everything is serious. They bring home the assignments from school. The silly little assignment is maybe what you would call it. And they, it's very important to them that they have 17 out of 18 and they want to show and tell. And you think, oh, this really doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with real life. Now, that is something you do not want to leak out to your boxwoods because for them, every little assignment, every task, every appointment, every class, every interaction with a friend, every play date even is a serious matter. Achievement is important to them and it may not be to you. You may be much more in tune with character traits and the heart. You care more about who your son is becoming than what he has achieved. But because it matters to the boxwood, it's important that you find a way to acknowledge those achievements, to play by the rules that matter most to them and to be as consistent as, consistent as you possibly can be for the sake of their trust in you. Growing up, my boxwood side of my personality definitely was the most dominant. And my dad was and is mostly pine. So this relationship of pine tree raising boxwood is one that I can deeply identify with. And my dad definitely can too. And I remember a day, I, it was a day before I turned 30. I was thinking about growing up in the house that I grew up in. I was celebrating uh, with gratitude all of the things I received from my parents, both of them. And I thought about my dad and I said, I want to hear the words, I am proud of you, from my dad just once. Now, this may create the impression that my dad was not an affirming man, He's the absolute opposite. He is a man of grace and love and tenderness and appreciation. But that particular phrase was not one he grew up with. And he may have said it during my childhood, but I don't remember ever hearing it. And the reason became clear to me many years later when we had a conversation about this. I was all about schoolwork, grades were important, typical boxwood, um, teacher's pet, etc. Where my twin brother, Donnie, was the fun-loving, predominantly palm rose combination, teacher's nightmare, and they deserved it. Um, maybe I will tell some of his stories later with his permission. But that created a conundrum for my parents because they wanted to celebrate both of us in our uniqueness, but how do you affirm and recognize this overachiever boxwood teacher's pet who is me without casting a shadow on the palm tree who who's entertaining and incredibly creative and artistic and a great singer and so many other things, but not something that brings home the golden medal or the certificate from school. So my parents solved this problem, the pine tree way, 
the silent, quiet way, the wise and collected way. So they were never over the top celebrations of any achievement, but they were those moments of recognition. And it left in me a striving that became so pathological that whenever I achieved the smallest thing, I would have to report to my dad immediately. And as I was thinking about this dynamic, I, I said, I prayed. I said, I, today I need those words. Today or tomorrow when I turn 30, I need those words. And I remember getting the card from my mom and dad. They usually write separate cards um, because they each have such a unique, beautiful voice. But that day, on my 30th birthday, I got a card written by both of them. And my mom and dad separately used the phrase, We are proud of you, each with a different reason. And... I think I hugged the card to my chest. I probably did because it was such a beautiful gift. If I had had palm tree parents, I probably would have heard those words every time I did my hair well. (laughs) Every time I ate all of my food, I would have had, hey, honey, good job. We're proud of you. But those words were scarce in my house, which made them all the more precious on that day. This is an example of a loving, accepting, present, spirit-filled, warm parent missing a core need in spite of being 100% invested in the relationship, simply because some of the finer nuance of personality is not yet understood. In the meantime, I have become less needy (laughs) and my parents have become more expressive and there are no holes in that love tank anymore through which the recognition can can seep out but I tell this story to lay it on your heart that I am sure you are you have stuck it out in you know for 45 minutes on this podcast because you care about your relationship with your children And I'm going to assume that you want to love them and that you mostly can do so without even trying, that you instinctively adore them. But I also want to assume that if you do not have apples that fall straight down and sprout up in exactly the species that you are, that there may be a few challenges in communicating that love in in the language that your little tree or your big tree, your 30-year-old tree desperately needing affirmation in a certain way um, may really need. And so I encourage you to study your child and to find those moments when they are most affirmed, most confident, most fulfilled, most at peace, most excited. And think about what made them so happy in that moment because that is your key. Thank you for joining me on episode two of That Tree Lady. Hopefully with our next episode, I'm able to have my son Piru back as my collaborator and the bringer of fresh ideas. And in the coming weeks, as always, know your design and live your purpose.